0: the universe we are your creatures we are the the people of your hand and we we are are those who call upon your name by the very breath of life that you gave us thank you for today thank you for the sun for the uh, the little tinges of fall on the leaves for the the hint of cold to come and and for the gift of another summery afternoon thank you for the way your your creation sustains and upholds us and your providence guides and lead us leads us through all our days We praise you for what you are doing in our midst, for your faithfulness to us, for how you've walked with us in this past week and by your spirit and your word sustained us. And we pray that today as we come to your word, we may know Jesus Christ, that you may by your spirit reveal him to us in your word at creation. And we we pray that as we worship together, you may uh, send your spirit among us to enliven our hearts and speak to us and guide us in our way as believers. We think of the work you've called us to, the work of being a community, the work of praying for one another, caring for the sick and the hungry and the lonely. And we pray for uh, Wilma and Marilyn and Thelma, for Irwin and Mike and Polly and June and Tom and Flora and, and many others whose names are on our hearts. Bind us together as one. Uh, sustain them by your spirit that they may know that we love them and pray for them just as they do for us. Be especially with the sick, with the hurting, with those who grieve and mourn, Uh, comfort and protect them through their illness and give them patient endurance. We think especially of Joyce and June, for Irwin and Joellen and Terry and uh, Carl. We pray that you uh, continually sustain and, and bring healing in their bodies for you are the one who made them and the one who sustains them even now. We give you thanks and praise for the blessing of life for Cindy and Jennifer and Zach and, and we pray that you, you guide and give them wisdom by your spirit in the coming year. And guide us too as a community as we seek to f- be faithful to your word, uh, to be the, the whole church sent on the whole mission of the whole gospel to the whole world that we may faithfully proclaim Jesus Christ here where you've placed us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, with our neighbors and friends. Uh, We pray especially for the work of Baruch Senior Ministries as they come to to speak to us of what they've done, how they've seen your hand at work in in senior communities around our state and and their hope and dream for a similar place here in Ellsworth. Help us to discern uh, wisely and faithfully this option before us that we may uh, continually be your people of your kingdom following your will. We trust, God, that you are working good in our midst today, and we pray that you open our ears to hear your word as we come to it now, and by your spirit, help us to, to love your word more and more and live it out each day. This we pray through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. The words will be on screen, though, if you'd like, I'd invite you to open your pew Bible or uh, whatever device you have near you uh, to read along. Genesis 1, the whole chapter, and a little bit of chapter 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters." And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. And so God made the vault and separated the waters under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, "'Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground.'" And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Chapter 2. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We begin this fall with the beginning, with the the creation of the heavens and the earth, and it's this story that that starts uh, the whole story of God. God created the heavens and the earth, and, and it's good for us to start at the beginning because we start with what God did. Because all things began with the, the breath, with the word of his mouth. And this is the beginning, not just of the, the universe, of the light and the sun, of the, the stars and the spinning planets, of the waters and teeming with fish and the birds flying in the air, of the land filled with plants that grow and animals and, peop- uh, and people. It, it's the, really the beginning of God's story. It's the story of God spoke and it was so. Now God was there at the beginning because God existed before everything else did. And as someone once said, and I can't figure out who, God was there before there was there. God was there before there was there. And God's story begins right here at creation and, and culminates. It, it continues even as everything falls into crisis and then rises up in Christ and it culminates in the new creation. And that's the story that I'm going to be preaching over the next nine months here in church, starting with the very beginning. And as the story goes on, we'll see God's faithfulness to his people through uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, to Moses and the people of Israel, uh, King David and the prophets, all the way to Christmas. And there we'll pick up the story of Jesus in the Gospel of John that begins again with creation and continues through his ministry all the way to the cross and Easter, and to the, rise, uh, the empty grave, and, and rising from the dead, and then finally, right before summer begins, we'll, we'll hear God's word to the church, in the book of Acts, and uh, the book of Philippians. But when we come to this beginning, to this story of creation, we come to it with questions. I, I'm sure you've grown up hearing the story, or perhaps you're hearing it for the first time today, but you probably have some questions. But sometimes the questions we ask of this story are the wrong questions, and, and we get the wrong answers in return. So today we'll come at it with three main questions Who, why, and how? Who created? God. Why did God create? Because that's who God is. And how did God create? By the Word. And I owe these uh, framing questions to uh, Stan Mast in his preaching commentary from Calvin Seminary. So let's dive in first to that question, who? In the beginning, it says, God created. And right from the start, we can tell that this story is different. This is an evangelistic story. This is a gospel story. You may not know it, but it's a story told against all the other stories of how the world came into being. Imagine the the spirit-filled author of this story. They're, They're telling it aloud in a time and place where all these other stories about creation and people and the gods fill the air. The Babylonians, for example, had their favorite story of how the world came into being. It, it starts with the swirling waters of chaos, and then so, somehow the waters get divided into sweet water that is clear and dark, salty, bitter water, and those become gods, and then those gods unite and make other gods, and then all the gods start fighting with each other, and they kill each other, and then out of all that violence and chaos, they're tired of the work of being gods, they decide to make human beings, to, to take the work for them. There's other similar stories from the time where all of this chaos is threatening to overflow and destroy everything, and people build a temple to tamp down the chaos, sort of like a a brick on top of a, a sewer drain to keep the water from coming up. And in the midst of all these competing stories, the word of God stands out. This story stands out because in the beginning, God created God, not God's. God creates by speaking, and things happen, and God calls it good. And it is goodness, not violence, that is at the heart of creation, because that's who God is. And God speaks this creation out of nothing, out of this formless and empty void, out of the welter and the waste. And one Jewish commentator says that these words bring to mind the image of a desert, barren and empty. Things are undifferentiated they're not separated from one another all there is is darkness and chaos but there is something or someone else the spirit of god hovers over the waters god's spirit god's wind god's divine movement is there a brooding hovering like a mother hen over her little chicks over her eggs and then god speaks And God's word is the way things come into being. God's voice calls light out of darkness, where there was no light before. Darkness, after all, is just the absence of light. And it doesn't really exist until light exists. And God separates the light from darkness. And and then God names the light day and the darkness night. And and that's the first act of creation. The, The evening and morning, the first day. And each of those days of creation follows that same pattern. God speaks and things happen. God makes or separates things or makes room for creation to produce other things, and God sees that it is good, and then the the day ends and the cycle continues, and and each day unfolds with slight differences. You might have heard them, uh, uh, which people have spent a a lifetime trying to make sense of. of. But for us, the, the main point is the centrality of God, that God is the one who does these things, not a, a, a whole gaggle of other gods. Uh, god's voice speaks, and things happen. They don't come out of chaos or out of sex or out of violence or anything else. The first chapter of Genesis says it clearly again and again. God did it. God, through the Word and the Spirit, creates all things. And I went through this chapter and underlined every single time there's the God and then a verb, and there's at least 29 times where God does something in this chapter. God said, God called, God made, God blessed, God rested. Uh, Who created? God. God spoke, and it was so. But how? That's the second question. And there is a lot of confusion then and now. uh, uh, But why? Sorry, the how question is is the third one. But why? There is confusion uh, both then and now about the why question. Why? Why? Why do we exist? Why does anything exist? And there are a million competing ideas and stories out there about how things came into being. Uh, some say there is no meaning, just chaos and randomness. Others say that creation is our, our mother and we should worship nature. Uh, and it's easy to get confused about creation if you're just hearing all these stories swirling around. And to all of those stories, Genesis 1 says very clearly, God created and that brings us to the why. Why did God create? The short answer is because that's who God is. God creates because God is creator. But, but it goes even deeper than that. God creates because God is three in one, the, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. It's God's very nature to create because God is love, because God's love pours out from the Trinity into, well, everything. That's how things come into being. It's because God is love, but there's more. God creates for loving relationship. God, God's purpose for creation becomes clearer in verse 26 when God says, let us make mankind in our image. Because the point of creation is a creature who can be like God, made in God's image to be creative and loving and the, the, God makes someone who is like God who can express the very love that God has within God's self because God makes humans for a relationship with God. If, uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. And talking about Jesus' redemption, yes, but that very same love explains creation. And uh, Pastor Stan Mast asks, uh, Why did God create the world and us? Why are we here? For the love of God, for the sheer love of it, to express his love and to be loved back. And there are hints of this creative, loving God, even before humans are made. If you notice, people are made in God's image to be creative and loving as caretakers of creation. And you might wonder, well, what does it look like to rule over or take care of creation? Well, it looks like God. Because if you notice, when God creates, God makes space for life. God gathers the water and dry land emerges. Uh, God invites the land to produce plants and animals and fruit trees. And God lets the land produce these creatures who live and move around. When God creates, God separates and makes space for life. And that is exactly what God calls people to do. Now there's an old Jewish story based on the story of Genesis 1 that imagines what it's like to be for God to create God is so big, says the story. God is so big, so great, that God's presence fills the whole universe, and there is no room for anything else before creation, just God. So God makes space. uh, God's first act of creation, according to this story, is uh, to suck in God's proverbial belly and tighten God's belt to make room for creation. Now, it's a a funny image of God. It's not a biblical image of God, but it's a reflection on Scripture. And I think it's true because God is infinite and and God fills all the available space, but somehow God makes room for creation to exist, for everything to exist outside of God. And it is mind-boggling and hard for us to understand, but we praise God for his act of creation all the more. God creates because that's who God is. God spoke and it was so. So we've got the who and the why, but what about how? How does God create? Uh, Genesis gives us a pretty clear answer. God creates all things by his word and the spirit. Each time God creates, it begins with, and God said, God spoke, and it was so. God's word is powerful, so powerful that it brings creation into being. And, and as we read, read in Psalm 33, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, for he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. And that's such a different way of thinking about the how for us. It is a religious answer, not a, a deeply biblical and theological answer. It's not a scientific answer. It's not a, a human answer. And those aren't the questions that Genesis 1 is even trying to answer. It's talking about who God is, why God creates, and, and, and how God does it. And some people have taken this as an argument uh, against science or evolution, but that's not quite it. it. It's an attack on scientism or evolutionism, the almost religious idea that, uh, that these things can explain how everything happens. It's really an attack on all false religions across all the ages. Just like the Babylonians tried so hard to explain how the world works, so people do in our day and age. But we believe that God spoke, and it was so. That's a theological statement, not just about creation, but about Jesus. The Gospel of John makes that clear by opening the story with the, creation, the story of creation retold around the Word. So if you can bring it up on screen, let's hear John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you hear it? In the beginning, that's a callback right to Genesis 1.1. And that the word was with God. God spoke and things came into being. And the word was God. The, The trinity at work at creation. And John talks about light shining in the darkness just like that very first day of creation. God makes everything by his word. And that word is the word made flesh in Jesus Christ who dwelt and died and rose again. And God creates by his word because that's who God is. God's word at creation is the very same word that God speaks at the cross. And that word is love. Love made flesh, love that bore our sin and brokenness of all creation on His body, so that the word may rise again and be proclaimed to all peoples. God spoke, and it was so. And that brings us to the final question on our minds What then? What then? Since God made the world, who am I? Why am I here? How do I live my life? And it is a a deeply personal question. And it's one that is essential for us to understand and to hold on to. And I think the way the Heidelberg Catechism gets at that question is helpful. Because at at the beginning of the section on the Apostles' Creed, it, it asks this in question and answer 26. What do you believe when you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? And the answer is this, that the eternal father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and his providence, is my God and father because of Christ his son. Now the catechism was written hundreds of years ago and it's not meant to address the scientific debates of today, but it is right it is this biblical and thoughtful and helpful reflection on Genesis 1.1. It focuses on who God is, the eternal Father, and then Christ the Son. And it points to the purpose of creation, which is this relationship between God's creatures and the Creator. And ultimately, it points to the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the Word made flesh. It is the story of creation and the story of redemption, because they are one and the same story. God's story. God spoke. And it was so. And that gives us assurance. That gives our lives meaning and purpose. God creates so that we might create with him. And one Jewish commentator says this story ends in, in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, pretty abruptly. Because God made so that we might make. God created something for us to do. End of story. We, we are co-creators with a big to-do list. And God's creation works best when, when it is creating, when it is making room, more room for life and for beauty and for order and for flourishing. And that is the work God has given us. God spoke, and it was so. Now sometimes we miss the creator and focus on God's creatures. There's a a children's book that I love, Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. And in this book, there's a pig named Wilbur who comes to a farm and he loves his new home at the barn. And then one day he learns that the farmer, uh, Homer Zuckerman, is one day going to kill him and turn him into bacon and ham. And Charlotte, the friendly spider of the barnyard, comes up with this idea to save Wilbur. She spins this web that says some pig in the corner of the pig pen near the barn. And people start wondering, what, what's so special about this pig? And then she spins a second web that says terrific. And farmer Zuckerman himself starts to wonder if there isn't something terrific about this Wilbur. And he decides to take him to compete in the, t- in the county fair. And the third web she spins says radiant And people start coming from all over the county to see this radiant pig prancing around the pen. And and when they finally get to the county fair, Charlotte weaves her last web. And it says simply, Humble. And everyone who sees him agree. That is one humble pig. And Wilbur wins the prize. And and everyone has great things to say about Wilbur. But then E.B. White says this. Of course, nobody noticed Charlotte. Nobody of the hundreds of people who visited the fair that day, nobody knew that a gray spider had played the most important role of all. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. God created because that is who God is: the God of creation and the God of love and the God of redemption and the God of relationship. God did it by his word and his spirit at work from the very beginning. God spoke, and it was so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God of the Word and Spirit, God of creation, we praise you for who you are, for what you've done, for the things we see and the things we don't see and don't understand. We praise you, for you are creator of all and you are sustainer of all by your breath of providence. You create and continually create all things. We thank you for, for creating us to live in your image, and we ask that you help us to do that each day. We, we want to be your creatures who create like you created, who, do, who speak good into the world, who, who, who see your work in the world and confess that you alone are good and that you are the author of all things. God, we trust that you and your story is the most important reality of all. And and you've given us hands and minds and tools to understand and make sense of it. But above all, you are the one who created for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your praise, for the sake of love for your creation. We thank you and praise you for that. And, And we pray that your love at creation may be that love that we see on the cross. Jesus Christ made flesh, the word made flesh for us that we may confess his name in all things we do. So we give you thanks and praise today for your creative work. In in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's respond to the word of God in creation by by singing a hymn, Creator Spirit by whose aid. The tune is a familiar one to you. I invite you to rise and sing. It's number 425 in the Psalter hymnal.